0: And if you love the fillet of fish, right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba da ba ba ba.
1: Brakey for his monthly visit. Speaking of folks who are about liberty and not being told what to do, Senator Brakey,
0: good morning. Good morning, Matt. Thanks for having me on. Thanks for thanks
1: for being on. Now, a lot of public functions lately?
0: Well, I'm out I'm out and about just uh um Was just at the bowl for kids' sake uh, for Big Brothers Big Sisters uh, this um, this Saturday. Was there with my little brother through the Big Brothers Big Sisters program. Great fundraiser. Did some bowling at Spare Time Recreation. Saw some good folks and raised some money for a good cause.
1: Nobody threw anything at you. Nobody. There was no. Nobody just randomly threw stuff at. you? Well, my you. little
0: brother almost dropped a bowling ball on my foot, but that's about.
1: <laughs> yeah, but that wasn't any type of political protest. Oh, okay, no, good. No, okay. No. Good. All right. Just checking. <laughs> Senator Libby was in last week. I just asked him. Anybody throw anything? No, not nothing. Just double checking. Oh, no. <laughs> I see where you're going. Yeah. Now <laughs> you're picking up what I'm putting down. Yeah. No, I just I like to double check these things. But it was good because the bowling ball actually works now. So yeah, yeah. that's good. That's uh, that's good stuff. So uh, let's, uh, let's talk a little bit about uh, stuff that's going on. Obviously, you've got quite a few uh, bills and things rolling Absolutely. through. I'm constantly seeing your name in the, uh, in the papers. We'll, uh, we'll lead off with welfare reform, and then we'll go from there. Yeah, What's sure. the latest on that?
0: Well, you know, it's, it's looking like April's going to be the month for welfare reform. Uh, the governor has, and for those who don't know, I'm the chairman for the Health and Human Services Committee, where we deal with uh, uh, the I- issues in and around welfare reform. And the governor has his bill in, uh, which is a big welfare reform package, which is, is for the most part, is a compilation of, of a lot of the proposals that came forward uh, in the last legislature and were killed by the Democrat-controlled House and Senate. Um, these were a lot of the issues that I campaigned on, uh, trying to bring these these reforms in to, uh, to eliminate uh, a lot of the welfare abuse we see going on. Um, from, for example, if it, people might recall some of these conversations happening in the last legislature, you know, it was brought. It was um, information came out that uh, main EBT cards were being used in all 50 states in the country, including at places like Disney World and 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 Las Vegas casinos. Um, it came out that uh, well, uh, main welfare dollars are being spent on on junk food and and a whole host of a whole host of Um, Things that might not be fraud in the sense that it's not illegal, but certainly are abuses of the system in the sense that these are not the way we expect these dollars to be spent and main taxpayers would like these dollars to be spent. So the governor has a big reform package that is coming in. I'm I'm glad to be a co-sponsor on that and will be coming to the Health and Human Services Committee where we're going to work on that. In addition to that, I have close to 10 different welfare reform bills myself that I'm sponsoring that are coming to the um, Health and Human Services Committee, uh, many of them coming this this week. A lot of them related to uh, general assistance reform. A lot of these ideas came from conversations I've had with Mayor McDonald of Lewiston. Ways we can reform the general assistance problem uh, program. Make sure it's it's working for uh, the people who need it, and we're but we're um, fighting the waste fr- uh, and abuse that goes on in that system. So things like making sure that if someone is caught. De- a defrauding the general assistance program that before they can requalify for general assistance, they actually have to pay back what they defrauded the system. Well, um, uh, Hold on. That, that's not already a thing? No, it's not. And, and we talked about there's a time limit uh, in general assistance where if you are, you can be disqualified for a certain period of time and you can be asked to repay um, what you uh, defrauded, but there was a case in Lewiston I learned from Mayor McDonald where someone was caught defrauding it. Was double dipping, getting state benefits and GA benefits for the same thing. Uh, was disqualified for a certain amount of time, asked to repay it. But you know when that time limit expired, this person came back, signed up for GA again, and they couldn't deny this person. Uh, and uh, regardless, even even though nothing had been been paid back. So this, so th- these are some of the things that that we're dealing with. Some of the proposals I have to try to make some reforms there. Um, uh, on top of that, we're kind of doing. There's a lot of welfare reform proposals, and so we're kind of doing them in increments. You know, some some one week, some another week. Um, I've also have a bill in that would create a six month residency requirement for welfare benefits. Require that if you're going to receive welfare benefits in the state of Maine, you have to have at least lived in the state of Maine for six months. So we're not seeing the the problem where you have people who run out their welfare benefits in another state and come here to Maine in order to in order to start start the clock over again. Uh, I very much want to see the the magnet for people coming to be, coming to Maine be that we have a strong, robust economy and many jobs available, not that we have welfare opportunities for people to, for people to uh, come here and sign up for on day one. And also uh, in the next coming weeks, we're going to be doing a lot of uh, legislation on EBT. Card reform. Uh, some of the governor's proposals fall into that. Um, I personally would like to see, and I have a proposal in that would try to limit the ability for to use EBT cards um, at ATM machines to take out cash. I don't think in the day and age that we live in that it makes a lot of sense that you can go to an ATM machine um, and withdraw cash and it can be spent on anything, and there's no transparency. You know, when we live in a day and age where you can go to pretty much any store and they 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 take electronic swipe cards whether that's a credit card or an ebt card debit card what have you it doesn't really make sense too much anymore that we're going to allow people to take out cash and then there's there's no transparency on how that's being spent it could be spent on completely legitimate things or it could be spent on completely illegitimate things and there's no way to know
1: senator eric brakey is in he's in for his monthly visit we got more with him coming up some of the things we'll be talking about today we're going to be talking about lowering the age to run for office we're going to be talking about his constitutional carry bill uh, we're going to talk about the budget, because the budget's obviously a big deal, and uh, some other stuff as well, some bonus fun stuff today. It's a breakfast club, Z1055, LA's only local radio station. It's a Monday morning here on the Z. Hello, this is
0: a you're listening to Z1055. All hit
1: music, Z1055. And, uh, Senators, we continue on here. Lower age to run for office. Uh, back in, I guess it was 71, Maine missed a cutoff point to lower the uh, age where you could actually run for public office from 21 down to 18. And now you're trying to make it so folks that are 18, who can go out and serve our country overseas and go all over the place and legally vote, can also run for office. Let's wow, talk you about just, that.
0: You just made the complete case for it. I guess I don't know if I have anything else to say. <laughs> No, no, this is a, a bill I have in. This is actually a bill that came at the request of um, some constituents of mine. And this is a constitutional amendment um, which would lower the age to run for legislative office uh, in the state. Uh, currently here in Maine, the requirement is to be 21 to run for state house and 25 to run for state senate. And, uh, and you kind of hit on this, but I wonder, Matt, if you know why it was set at 21 to begin with. Um... Boy, I don't know that portion
1: of it. I, I do know that it was something something back in seventy one. There was a chance to change it, yeah. and we in we as in Maine didn't lower yeah.
0: it. Yeah. Well, actually, what it, what it is is when our constitution was drafted, twenty one was the age to vote. That's uh, right. And in the seventies, the United States, we as a country, we passed a constitutional amendment lowering the age to vote for, for to to eighteen. And many states followed suit and lowered their age to run for legislative office to, to 18. But in Maine, uh, we, we, we did not do that. And it's, um, you know, it's, it's, it makes a certain kind of sense, you know, why would you, um, uh, you certainly shouldn't be able to run for office if you can't vote for yourself, if you're not old enough <laughs> to vote for yourself. But, um, but it does bring up a point, you know, at age 18, you can go off and you can represent your country in the, uh, in the fields of Afghanistan. But you can't represent your community in the halls of Augusta, uh, and you know some people bring up, some people argue. Well, at 18, some people say I don't believe you have enough wisdom or maturity at 18 to, to to be able to serve in the legislature. And I would say, you know, for some people, I'm sure that's true. But I also know, you know, whether you, but I know, uh, while I may know 18-year-olds who are kind of the, that rare person who. Does have the wisdom and maturity to uh, to be able to, to do that, and I can think of a couple people off the top of my head, even if they're kind of um, maybe uh, not the not the norm. I can also think of people who are 58 years old who don't <laughs> don't have the the wisdom and maturity, and I think we all know those different people in our lives, and so that's really. It's, it should be up to the electorate. It should be up to the, the, the people who are electing the person who's going to represent them to judge the character, the maturity, and the wisdom of the person that they're, they're electing to represent them. So what we're trying to do is, is uh, uh, this would be a constitutional amendment, so it received a support from a bipartisan majority on the state and local government committee. Which means it's going to go to the House and Senate now to be voted on. Two thirds of the House and the Senate have to approve it, and if that happens, it will come to onto the ballot for it for a public referendum.
1: Excellent. Well, that's a that's a pretty neat thing. And you're right. So basically, what we're doing is we're trusting people to vote for the people that they want for office. Yeah, No matter absolutely. what the age is. Okay, just absolutely. checking. I just wanted to simplify that, just in case you know. So.
0: And so it would lower it would lower the age to run for House from 21 to 18. And to run for Senate from 25 to 21, and to some people who are scared about this, you know, um, many states have it even lower. Uh, many states have it at 18 for both offices. And we should note that while in many states it's 18 to run for state Senate, at the same time I'm 26 years old and I'm the youngest state senator in the country. So uh, just because you do lower those those ages, it's still you. It's up to the discretion of the community, but the community should ultimately be. Uh, The people of the community should be who decide who represents them.
1: Makes a great point. Senator Brakey is in. We're talking about quite a few things coming up. We're going to talk about his uh, constitutional carry uh, bill that's going through, and we will also talk about the budget. It is 728, 36 degrees. This is L.A.'s only local radio station, Z1055. If you missed this interview or any of our other interviews, go to Z1055.com and click right on the audio archives, and they'll be right there for you in their entirety later on. It's a breakfast club. No matter what the calendar reads, it's always in season to keep your vehicle's engine running. Senator Brakey continues his segment with us, and we'll move forward here talking about uh, the constitutional carry. There was a big uh, press conference about this last week, and mm. some folks are on one side for various reasons. Other folks are on the other side for various reasons. Let's talk a little bit about that.
0: Absolutely. Uh, well, this is this is a bill that I'm sponsoring that's that's gotten a lot of media attention in the last couple of weeks. Uh, this is a Second Amendment bill. And essentially what this bill is is it's a very common sense proposal which has been endorsed by the state police here in Maine, uh, which um, recognizes here in Maine we're a very strong bipartisan uh, sta- uh, state in terms of our support for the Second Amendment. And we're an open carry state, which means that uh, someone who is... Legally able to own and and own a handgun, can carry a handgun in an open and visible way, uh, but we make this artificial distinction that the moment you put a jacket on, you are a criminal unless you've gone through a, what can result be a very lengthy permitting process, getting permission from the state government to um, to to be able to put that jacket on. Um, so. What this bill does is, is essentially uh, removes the distinction in terms of being able to carry uh, in the state of Maine. If you are a someone who is already legally authorized to carry a handgun in the state of Maine, we just want to be able to say uh, you can also put on a jacket without fear of reprisal. Uh, the state police, the state police support this. Um, I've been, had great conversations with them. They deal with uh, a lot of the permitting process. Uh, they're one of the biggest agencies dealing with the permitting system, and they've, they see the flaws in it. And they would prefer to be able to spend their time going after people who actually shouldn't legally have handguns than spend all this time monitoring law-abiding citizens. Um, so so this is something where uh, we're, uh, it's just had a public hearing in the Criminal Justice and Public Safety Committee. Uh, and... Um, we're feeling pretty good about it. 96 legislators have co-sponsored this. That's over half of the main legislature, including over half of the Democrat-controlled House of Representatives and a near majority in the Republican-controlled Senate. We have co-sponsors in leadership of both parties, including Representative Jeff McCabe, the House Democrat majority leader, and Representative John Martin, who in the 1980s led the charge to uh, change the language in the Maine State Constitution to strengthen our right to keep and bear arms, uh, and including Democrat Representative um, Michael Shaw of Standish, who's the chairman of the Inland Fisheries and Wildlife Committee. We have huge bipartisan support, and we have the support of the state police, and and I think we're in a very good place to you know pass this common sense bill, which will protect uh, protect the rights of of law-abiding gun owners. Now
1: I noticed the Maine State Police were actually on on board with this too, and actually supported it. Even though every article I read, this this was against it, the, the this South Portland police chief was against it, all these
0: people were yeah. against it.
1: But then at the bottom, they kind of buried it. They're like, oh, yeah, the Maine State Police is kind of a big deal. They're actually out <laughs> in support of it. Let's talk a little bit about that. Yeah,
0: well, I think a lot of the narrative against this bill is really being driven by... Um, an out-of-state or- organization called Everytown USA and a lot of their splinter groups. Is that that one that's led by by uh, Michael Bloomberg? Oh yeah. The, and they, oh,
1: yeah. They bought all the advertising all over the place. And, yeah. yeah. M- million
0: millions of dollars in out-of-state money is com- coming in here to try to um, try to distort what's going on here. Just kind of like we saw with the bear referendum, you had an out-of-state group trying to come in here and distort what the issue's all about. Um, you have this organization that is uh, this organization, which is affiliated with every town, uh, called Maine Citizens Against Handgun Violence, and a lot of a lot of the opposition is coming from uh, this this organization distorting what the issue is about, uh, and it's it's a little it's a little unfortunate. That this organization is kind of not really being blatant in what it is they actually believe. I mean, for example, this organization, a lot of the leaders in this organization have been publicly on the record uh, in 2005 supporting legislation that would have resulted in the mass confiscation of thousands of legally owned firearms from Maine citizens. You know, in a state where we have such a strong bipartisan support for the Second Amendment, I don't think an organization that has in the past supported gun confiscation is really, uh, really is in alignment with what the people of Maine believe.
1: I, I, would, I would probably agree with that as well. Let's talk a little bit about this budget that I keep hearing about that Governor LePage is trying to get pushed through. And then the Democrats came out with one the other day and the Bangor Daily News said it, it's going to add like a, a it's going to be basically more spending. Yeah. Talk, let, let's talk a little bit about that.
0: Well, you know, LePage's budget results in a 300 million dollar uh, tax decrease, a tax cut. I know the Banger Daily News did some analysis of the Democrat counterproposal and found that it results in a hundred million dollar tax increase. Um, so that's kind of what we're looking at, you know, in in the broad strokes. But I do think it's it's it is a little revealing. Um, I know on the Health and Human Services Committee, and I get along with all my colleagues on the, on the committee, even though we have some staunch disagreements, you know. But Republicans and Democrats, we get along. Um, but it is it was a little disappointing as we were going through the budget. Um, the budget discussions and 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 making recommendations to the appropriations committee Uh, when it came to voting on the individual items that seemed like every item that increased spending uh... the the folks on the other side supported but every item that uh... was cut spending in order to offset those increases in spending every one of uh, almost nearly to a t every one of those was opposed by by the democrats on the committee so it just kinda makes you scratch your head you know OK, you want to support all these spending increases, but you don't want to support the spending cuts that are supposed to pay for them. How are we supposed to pay for these spending increases? Things like pay, paying off the wait list for adults with severe mental disabilities and funding our nursing homes. How are we supposed to pay for these things? Well, it came out that they uh, uh, they knew how to pay for them. They, they came and they brought a proposal to the Appropriations Committee. And here's all the taxes you can raise in order to pay for these spending increases. And I just think, you know, we're taxed enough already. Maine is 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 drowning under the taxes that we have that we have to pay. Uh, it's one of the, the, the huge, huge burdens as we try to bring new business and, and uh, new, new jobs into the state. So uh, we really have to be looking at ways, how do we cut the spending? How do we cut the taxes? How do we make a, a stronger, more vibrant economy? And it's not going to be government spending that does that.
1: Senator Eric Brakey is in. We've got one more segment with him coming up. You're listening to The Breakfast Club, Z1055. This is LA's only local radio station. It's Monday morning, 745 and 37 degrees. The Breakfast Club. The news can Final segment of Senator Brakey. We've talked about welfare reform, lower age to run for political office, the constitutional carry bill. We've talked about the state budget. Focus on some other things as well now, too. There's another bill that you've got going on uh, involving the NSA and spying and spying on, uh, on, uh, on people's uh, just... Conversations. Talk a little bit about that, and yeah. what, and for those that might not know, what exactly is going on with you know your text messages and things of that nature.
0: <laughs> so, so for who, those who don't know, it was revealed that you know Edward Snowden re, uh, revealed classified documents that showed that the NSA uh, was doing mass data collection, collecting the the metadata on everyone's cell phone calls, text messages, everything, gazillions of records. Um, basically, we're all under under surveillance in terms of, in terms of the, the mass collection of our metadata. Um, I have a bill in which uh, is model legislation being proposed in many different states across the country called the Fourth Amendment Protection Act. While we here on the state level can't control what the NSA does on the federal level, what we can do is say, you know what, if, if uh, federal agencies like the NSA are conducting Unconstitutional, warrantless collection of uh, of data on American citizens. You know, we're not going to be a party to that. We're fine if you go to a judge and get a warrant uh, and, and get this data like you're supposed to do under the Constitution, which is not a very hard or difficult threshold. You just need to have, you know, uh, be able to demonstrate reasonable suspicion in order to go to a judge, get a warrant. But they are doing blanket, blanket data collection on everyone. So what we're saying, what this bill would say is that, you know, our state and local agencies here in the state of Maine, we are not going to be a party to this. We are not going to help facilitate any of these federal warrantless searches and mass, mass data collection. Uh, and we are not going to be the beneficiaries. We will not accept that data and use that data if it has been illegally gathered. Now, unfortunately, you have the attorney general's office is coming out against this, saying you know, kind of making scare tactics, saying, "Oh, well, we won't be able to go after, uh, we won't be able to go after criminals if we do this. We won't be able to go after." They say we won't be able to go after child pornographers. And I'm thinking like, what? It, it it boggles my mind that the Constitution would be an an obstacle to going after child pornographers. I think we go after child pornographers, go get a warrant, and bring the hammer down on them. Um, but um, but it kind of really begs the question, you know, if they're saying that, well, we won't be able to 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 um, to you know go after these criminals or that criminals if we don't have this illegally gathered uh, data from the federal government. Well, it's really kind of an admission there, isn't it, that they're that that are so. The Attorney General is kind of admitting there that our our that her office is using unconstitutional, illegally gathered uh, data uh, on Maine on main citizens, um, and we have to think about yeah, let's absolutely go after the criminals, go to a judge, get a warrant. It it it's not hard, but what. When they w- want to say, look at what's going on over here, what they're really saying is, oh, and, and, and don't notice the fact that in gathering this data on these people, we're actually gathering your data, too. Uh, so this is, this is a real issue. Um, and we're having that debate in the Judiciary Committee right now.
1: Well, and the biggest thing with that is, and a lot of people be like, well, if you're not doing anything, you've got nothing to hide. But how many times do we see yeah. something? Let's go back to, the, like, the, the website last year. There were data breaches, and there's always oh, these yeah. security breaches. Is it safe to let somebody else be carrying all of your information because they think that you might be doing something? Yeah. Well, I, and and then something else can come out, and you're like, well, wait a minute. What? Why is that information even mm-hmm. in their hands, anyways? Oh, well, I don't know. You know.
0: Well, I guess I would I would bring people back to during the civil rights movement was Martin Luther King doing. Uh, uh, doing anything wrong when the uh, when it was found out that the federal government was illegally wiretapping his phones and trying to find information on him to discredit him as a civil rights leader? I mean, th- th- this is public information that this was go- that this was going on. You know, are are we putting ourselves in a situation where you now have you've got Big Brother and Big Government is going to be using these tools to try to suppress? Uh, political dissent, like like they attempted to do with Martin Luther King Jr. And now the technology today is even so much more advanced. These are real concerns we should have. I mean, and you know, someone who says, "Well, if you have nothing to, f- uh, if you've got nothing to hide, you've got nothing to fear," I say, "Okay." Well, when that person is willing to send me their uh, email passwords, so I can go through their emails and just casually, you know, uh, go through everything, post interesting things on Facebook from their from their email uh, from their personal emails, then I'll say, okay, then this is someone who really believes that. But I don't think when you really get to it, the average, the average person, I mean, we all have things that are private, that we'd rather not be just available for public consumption. Uh, and, um, so, you know, if someone wants to let me scroll through their browsing history or let me go through, uh, all their emails and post it online for the world to see, then all right, I'll, I'll, I'll believe that they really mean that. You know, we, we had one more question, but we've we've completely run out of time. <laughs> All right. <laughs> well, many great it's, things to talk about. Yeah,
1: there's always something good. I, I feel like we, we never have a shortage uh, a shortage of things to talk about. Senator Breaky, we'll see you next month. All right, absolutely. Looking forward to it. Uh, we'll have more coming up on The Breakfast Club. Another guest on the way. 757, 37 degrees. This is Z1055. This is L.A.'s only local radio station. The Breakfast Club.